AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your SmackDown Post Show for August 19th, 2022. I am JD from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. Hashtag Jesse was partially right. He ain't right yet, motherfucker. Let me tell you that right now, okay? Don't go celebrating about my uh, my colleague's apparent crystal ball talents. He's only partially right. What am I talking about? CM Punk and John Moxley coming up on Wednesday. All throughout Rampage tonight, we heard about it. It's coming up on Wednesday, and uh, I will actually have a lot more to say about CM Punk and the entire locker room situation Regarding that and Hangman Page, Moxley, the backstage environment in AEW, I'll have a lot more on Sunday's episode 441 of Off the Script, man. So if you guys missed any of that, first thing I wanted to get out there to you guys, I did a two-hour, not really an emergency live stream because there wasn't really an emergency, but I felt like going live on Thursday afternoon with a nice little extra for you. So make sure you guys go check that out. Literally, as the story broke, we were covering it on Off the Script. We went over it all and detail it all, so go check that out. As far as tonight, man, SmackDown. SmackDown with another solid effort. I'm really enjoying the Triple H WWE era. I don't know what it is, man. Actually, I, I do know what it is, but I don't really know if everybody else understands what it is. The show's drastically... Don't feel all that much different from what Vince McMahon gave us. But I will say that Triple H is really putting a focus on professional wrestling. And I think that is really the difference maker and why these shows feel a lot better. Everything flows a lot better because the focal point of these shows is professional wrestling. They feel fresh, even though they don't feel drastically different. They feel like it is... I don't want to say that we haven't gotten any rematches, but the roster hasn't changed. We haven't seen that many rematches in the first four weeks. Things feel fresh. Things feel nice and smooth, nice and flowing. And that's because the focal point is professional wrestling. And we got nearly 20 minutes of a fatal five-way tonight that really kind of set the tone for SmackDown. And I thought it was incredible. That fatal five-way tonight was obviously the star of tonight's show. Sami Zayn, Sheamus, Ricochet, Madcap Moss, and Bumass Corbin. They were in a fatal five-way to determine who is going on to get their ass handed to them. I clashed at the castle for the Intercontinental Championship against Walter. <laughs> Gunther, I'm sorry. Gunther. So whoever wins that match, I mean, clearly, 
Clearly, it wasn't going to be Corbin. I mean, who, who the fuck wants to see that match, right? I would have taken anyone. And they say, yeah, Madcap, maybe. I don't know. Madcap is uh, not there yet. I like him. I'm a Madcap guy, but he's not there yet. Ricochet, Sammy, Sheamus. I would have taken any one of those three against Gunther. So we got Sheamus going on to Clash of the Castle. And my God, man, my goodness, that match is going to be an absolute banger. I think everybody, when Gunther made his way to SmackDown, I think everybody had at the top or near the top penciled in, who do you want to see in there against Gunther? Sheamus is definitely one of them. And listen, folks, you know, I I hear all the irrelevance. These other content creators that don't really uh, get with the program. They're not with the program. What's changed? You know, everybody wants to say I'm a Triple H dick rider and all this other shit, right? Change. For the first time since WrestleMania and a Nigerian drum match between Apollo Snooze and Big E, the Intercontinental Championship will be defended on a pay-per-view in Cardiff on September 3rd between Gunther and Sheamus. Change! It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. If Vince McMahon was in charge, I doubt we even get an Intercontinental Championship match at this show. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. The other big thing that happened tonight was Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction made their main roster debut tonight coming up from NXT. Not really on the brand yet. We'll see what happens with the WWE draft that is rumored to be coming up. Toxic Attraction made their main roster debut. They absolutely, to me anyway, with Mandy Rose, I think are ready for the main roster. Not really in ring, but character-wise and what they... Present on television, I think they're ready for the main roster. They were filling in tonight for uh, (laughs) Nikita Lyons. Nikita Lyons was supposed to be on this show. She got pulled, and Zoe Stark got pulled from this show tonight. Nobody knows why. Apparently, WWE Triple H was selling the injury that Zoe Stark might have suffered on Tuesday night in her match with Mandy Rose. I guess they're continuing that. Kind of goes to show you that Zoe Stark and Mandy had a match on Tuesday, and then Toxic Attraction takes Zoe Stark's place on Friday in the tag team title tournament. And Nikita Lyons, man, they they said that she was medically disqualified from competing in Montreal. On Friday Night SmackDown. Now, I don't want to go out there and throw bullshit out there. But when somebody is medically disqualified, it only means one thing to me. And that is either Nikita Lyons got COVID or she is unvaccinated. So I think it's either one of those two things about why your girl Nikita Lyons could not wrestle. So obviously, if Nikita Lyons was one of those two things and the planned tag team was Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark, If they pulled Nikita Lyons, clearly they were uh, not going to find anybody else to fill in for Zoe Stark after we've been told it was going to be that. So they pulled her, and then they made up some storyline injury for Zoe Stark. That's uh, That's my take on why that tag team did not make it to Montreal tonight. 
So we got the women's tag team title match. We got a great segment with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. We got a great segment with Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns at the end of the show. Sami Zayn was big on this show tonight in Montreal. Oh, my goodness, man. Hometown hero is an understatement. And, yes, we didn't get the Usos either because, uh, you know, with DUI charges, they were not allowed across the border. So they were not on the show at all either. And this is not anything new with the Usos. Uh, This happened last time they went to uh, Canada on a SmackDown trip. So uh, that's nothing new or out of the ordinary there. So the Usos and Nikita Lyons, Zoe Stark, were not on the show tonight, even though more than likely you would have seen all four if things were uh, where they needed to be. I thought this was a solid episode of SmackDown, and we'll go over everything that uh, we have here tonight for you on the podcast. On Rampage side of things, not a bad show. It flowed very nicely, even though Tony Khan looked like he stacked the show from top to bottom. We had a tag team title match with Swerve in Our Glory against Private Party. That was not all that bad at all. And we got a main event with the Trustbusters. A lot of people are uh, out there asking Tony Khan why he's pushing the Trustbusters so hard. Uh, He actually gave somebody a piece of his mind on social media and said people said the same thing about 2.0 and people said the same thing about Daniel Garcia. And now they're two focal points in the Jericho Appreciation Society. So uh, let me do what I got to do and trust the process, basically is what he's saying. Trust the process with the trust busters. I don't know if I can get there, but uh, we will see. But they were in the main event against the best friends tonight. Trios Championship Tournament first round. And the best friends went on, as predicted, to go and either wrestle the House of Black or the Dark Order. So that is coming up in the weeks to come. And we got Mr. Jersey Shore himself going after the FTW Championship and Hook, which was a complete waste of time. And we will go over everything that happened there on Rampage. So that is that. I appreciate you guys joining me. On a Friday night. Seems like a slow night, man. Seems like a slow night. Not really much happening in the world of wrestling on this Friday night, but a solid night. Solid night of pro wrestling. We're going to go over everything on SmackDown mostly, and then we'll spend just a little bit of time on Rampage. But I appreciate you guys joining me on this Friday night, man. Sound off in the comments below. Let me know what you think of tonight's show. Sound off in the Super Chats. Get them on in. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, and uh, we will hang out with our cold beverages. So get them on in. Hit that join button as well, man. Become a channel member. VIPs, you guys are sitting pretty, man. By the fire pits. Always a good look, man, when you're sitting by the fire pits, sitting VIP. You guys get those custom emotes. You get get those custom badges next to your name to show off your status in the OTS community. Two new badges are coming and five new emotes are coming in the weeks to come. I will let you guys know when you are able to use all that stuff. So hit that join button, 50% off still for the month of August. If you guys want to join, still available, man. $249 to join. What a great deal to steal. To steal. And you guys get access to the VIP-only chats on Sunday when we go live with Off The Script. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up. I need, I need 1,000 likes minimum. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, man. Seriously. If you don't hit the thumbs up, then that means to me that you enjoy seeing Sonny Kiss on television. Come on. Give me a break. 
thousand likes minimum. Helps me out, helps you out. It's free. Why not? Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel, man. We were live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We were live Thursday with OTS Extra and that CM Punk story. We got a ton more coming on Sunday. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. You guys are going to download the free web browser. Shop online. You basically have to do nothing, man. Honey's going to scour the internet for internet prices and codes and coupons, and it's going to give you the lowest price to save you a ton of money. Sounds like a good deal to me. Joinhoney.com slash off the script, man. Go check them out. And shout out to everybody that wished me uh, congratulations on the Pro Wrestling TV announcement yesterday. We are now partnered with Pro Wrestling TV it's basically what you see on YouTube here, but you will be getting original programming over there. So it's going to be worth your while to go check me out on Pro Wrestling TV, man. Original content coming in the weeks to come. Just throwing that out there because I had some people, some geeks out there. Well, why do I have to subscribe if he's on YouTube? Because there's new shit coming, bro. That's why. Pro Wrestling TV, man, go check them out. I love you guys in the chat, man. I do. And SmackDown. Let's start at the top. Let's start at the top with SmackDown. SmackDown opened up with Ronda Rousey. Oh, oh, my goodness, man. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Every time I mention Ronda, man, I may slip into a coma. So I have to warn you. I may have to warn you. Ronda Rousey showed up to open the show. She jumped the barricade. Ronda is suspended still. She is suspended, quote-unquote, from World Wrestling Entertainment. She walked past the announcement. By the way, this was 1,200 episodes of SmackDown. This was their 1,200th episode. It's a lot of episodes. Ronda Rousey walked past the announce desk, and Pat McAfee was in the middle of something, and then he sees Ronda Rousey walk by, and He gets up. He gets excited. Ronda gets into the ring. She said she paid her fine and then some, and she's not leaving until I'm reinstated. And she asked Adam Pearce to come out and please lift the suspension, Adam. Crowd was chanting for Ronda Rousey, so they were big into Ronda Rousey here in Montreal. Adam Pearce showed up, and he came to the stage not alone, He came to the stage with security guards. He says he can't lift the suspension because she wants him to. He said it's above his pay grade. Pierce said that Rousey can't hijack the show to get what she wants. He asked her to leave the ring peacefully. Ronda Rousey then said, I chose to leave the ring peacefully last week. She said, crowd is chanting, we want Ronda. We want Ronda. Rousey then told Pierce... Adam, please don't make me choose violence, Rousey. Don't make me choose violence, she says. A pair of security guards entered the ring and Rousey took them out. She knocked another off the apron, put another guard in an armbar pierce. 
then wave to the back, and out comes two police officers, one of which the internet thought looked like Tessa Blanchard. I don't know what you guys are looking at. It didn't remind me of Tessa Blanchard whatsoever. I think you guys are seeing things, man. I think maybe you really want Tessa Blanchard back on this fucking show or back on TV to be on this show because, let's be real, this women's division is fucking lacking. It is lacking big time. So, two police officers come out, and they appeared, and Rousey stared at them, and then she puts out her hands, and then she is cuffed. She was escorted up the ramp. Michael Cole said Pierce had no choice but to arrest Ronda Rousey. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I told you. I told you. Every time I mention Ronda, man, I may, I may slip into a fucking coma. Got to watch out for that Ronda Rousey talk. So Ronda trash talked to Pierce, and she was placed in the back of a police car. And Rousey told Pierce that he has a nice uh, <laughs> haircut. So that was pretty much the end of the segment. I've seen Fightful. Listen, man, I, this has nothing to do with SAP. I've seen, I've seen whoever runs the Fightful Twitter account, they compared this to Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. Whoever is running the Fightful account, they should be fired immediately. Seriously. To make a comparison like Stone Cold being arrested because he shoved and wanted to brawl with Mike Tyson and compared this to Ronda Rousey tonight, whoever that geek is, man, they should be fucking fired. I mean, that is just absolutely out of this world to even compare the two situations. This wasn't even on the same fucking page, on the same planet. Give me a break. Ronda got arrested. Let me tell you something, man. Triple H is a fucking miracle worker. Triple H may be a fucking wizard, really. Is there anything that Triple H can't do? Ronda Rousey was one of the most vilified women in all of WWE, one of the most boring women in all of WWE because, let's be honest, folks, Ronda was not good. She's still not good. Ronda is Ronda in name value only. I don't think she really brings eyes to the product. I don't think she does anything of note in the ring. Ronda is Ronda, and whatever name value she still has, WWE is clinging on to until the end of her contract, which hopefully runs through WrestleMania 39 in L.A., and that's it. This may have been the best presentation of Ronda Rousey so far. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Not because I'm all of a sudden a fan of Ronda Rousey. Triple H is playing to Ronda Rousey's strengths. Whatever that is, it doesn't look like Ronda is going heel anytime soon. That's what we all thought coming out of SummerSlam. But Ronda Rousey seems to be in a position where Triple H is working overtime to make sure she's presented the right way. And this change in Ronda Rousey isn't even all that drastic. Now compare Triple H's Ronda Rousey presentation to Vince McMahon's Ronda Rousey presentation. He has the same presentation for all his baby faces, no matter who they are. Ronda Rousey under Vince McMahon came out waving and smiling. And she's fucking helping old, lady, old, old ladies cross the street because they're carrying their bag of groceries. And she's helping the fucking uh, kids in front row, you know, enjoy their time. It's back to, hey, guys, you know what's going on? Smiling. <laughs> Smiling all over the place, man. I don't, I don't know who was worse. Ronda Rousey or Raquel uh, Gonzalez Rodriguez. Who was worse? We don't want 
to watch WWE TV with Ronda Rousey as the focal point in the women's division. Watching Ronda Rousey come out. <laughs> yeah, waving, shaking, yeah, shaking hands and high-fiving people, right? Like she's fucking auditioning for uh, a, a toothpaste ad. Like she's walking down the runway for the maximum male models. Nobody wants to see that. Triple H is playing to Ronda Rousey's strengths. She's a bitch. And she's a badass. Not that difficult, right? Not that difficult to pull off. The one subtle change that Ronda Rousey presented on TV is all of a sudden not nauseating. It's unbelievable. I thought this was one of the best presentations of Ronda Rousey so far in WWE. So we got started on the right foot. We got Ronda Rousey being placed in the back of a police vehicle. And she was arrested on SmackDown. Will she show up in Cardiff? I don't know. We'll see what happens. So all of a sudden, the police vehicle leaves the arena. And then we get this black SUV pulling into the arena. And out comes Roman Reigns. Crowd pop big for Roman Reigns. Over big in Canada is Roman Reigns. And he had a big deal on the show, which we will get into in uh, just a little bit. Roman Reigns had a lot to do with Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn had a lot to do with the bloodline, mainly because the Usos were not allowed in the country because they had multiple DUI arrests, and that is not uh, really looked good upon in Canada, especially at the border. So Sami Zayn had a lot to do with uh, the bloodline at Roman Reigns. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Natalia and Sonia Deville, They were in this tag team title tournament last match in the first round tonight against Toxic Attraction. Before Toxic Attraction from NXT made their ring entrance, we had Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky purchase tickets to this show tonight because they're not a part of the brand. So uh, I like that that little aspect there. They are not a part of the brand. And they sat down behind Michael Cole. And sat down behind, behind Pat McAfee. And they were enjoying the match, the women's match. Now, it's no secret that Bailey is very big fans of both Gigi and JC Jane. More so JC Jane. He likes a lot of the women down in NXT. So she wanted to get a firsthand bird's eye view of what was going on in this last first round match in the women's tag team title tournament. So, Toxic Attraction made their entrance, and uh, Michael Cole explained that they are a replacement team announced by Shawn Michaels. You know, because Shawn Michaels is running NXT. (laughs) Shawn Michaels running NXT, man. Come on. You guys are fucking comedians, man, if you believe that. Maybe now. Maybe it's a little bit more believable now, but Shawn Michaels running NXT. I've never heard something so funny in my entire life. You guys are the fucking comedians, really. Really. Give me a break. Fucking ridiculous, man. That show has Bruce Pritchard still written all over it. Now, it's going to be interesting because Shawn Michaels, he's now the head of creative for NXT Europe. So what does that mean? Is Triple H going to go to NXT 2.0 and wipe the slate clean and kick Bruce to the curb? I hope so. I hope so. That curb better watch out, man. Bruce is a hefty fellow. 
By the way, I seen Bruce all over that DX documentary last night on uh, on A&E. I watched it finally, the one that premiered on Sunday. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Is he fucking nauseating to look at or what? My goodness. Thank God. So Shawn Michaels announced. (laughs) You guys are funny, man. Shawn Michaels from NXT announced that uh, Toxic Attraction is out there. To replace uh, <laughs> Nikita Lyons. Nikita Lyons. And Zoe Stark. Now, I mentioned this earlier, man. You know, they said Nikita Lyons was medically disqualified. Which only means one of two things. One, she got COVID. Which I don't believe. Because she was on Tuesday. Or maybe it could, it could happen, right? But either COVID or the fact that she's nyajaxed. The fact that she's unvaccinated. So they did not allow Nikita Lyons into the building. And neither Zoe Stark. So we got toxic attraction. Now, I don't want to make claims. I just give my opinion. Maybe we get that uh, in the news. And then you uh, cross-reference it with this. And then, you know, like everything else this year, uh, JD was right. JD knows his shit. Yeah, I know. I know. So toxic attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane against the Italian Sony Deville. Man, listen. Let me tell you something about this uh, this women's tournament. There hasn't been anything so far outside of EO and Dakota Kai that have piqued my interest in this tournament. The matches so far that we've seen in this tournament honestly have given me the opinion of it sucks. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The matches that we've seen so far certainly have not impressed anybody. And it's really only made my opinion even more justified. Because the matches that we got don't really, to me signify that we really need these women's tag team titles back in the WWE. Everybody's performance has been absolutely mid. Nothing groundbreaking at all. Nothing blowing me away. The women's tag teams have not really stepped up and delivered matches to make me believe that these these titles need to be back on WWE TV. In fact, I wish even further, even more so, that they were fucking thrown in a trash can and burned along with the 24-7 title. This match was not good. This match was not good. Natalia was easily the best thing on the entire, 
I guess, this, this first segment here, this women's tag team title match. She was the best thing in this match. And that's because she's Natalia, and she's a ring veteran, and she's going to lead these three women. Sonya Deville wasn't bad either. Sonya Deville's not bad. I wish she got a little bit more of an opportunity to show who she really is and what she can do. But Natalia, obviously the ring general in this match. Now, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, you know, give them a break. It's uh, their first time on SmackDown and blah, 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 and this and that. Listen, man, I'm not making excuses. I'm not making excuses for uh, Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction is a very good group of ladies. The presentation, the vibe, the attitude, the theme music with that uh, that uh, hair metal vibe to it, right? It's got that uh, Brett Michaels vibe to it with that theme music. Poison, Skid Row, whatever the fuck it is, right? I think the presentation is great. Mandy Rose should be really praised for the job that she's done to kind of reinvent herself. And she's helped Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane get over. But, you know, if it's one thing that I do here, it's always that I'm honest with you guys. And Gigi Dolan is not good. J.C. Jane is not good. At least good enough for the main roster. No. They're not even good enough for the main roster. I would have absolutely preferred to see Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark in this match. I honestly thought that this was a downgrade. Zoe Stark is very good. And Nikita Lyons, she's got a lot of upside. She's got a lot of upside. So I was very curious to see what they were going to do with them in this tournament. I actually predicted them to go all the way to the finals. But Toxic Attraction... You know, outside of Mandy, who is serviceable, I wouldn't even say Mandy is like, oh my God, Mandy's great. Mandy's serviceable. She's going to go in there and give you a decent match. Not going to go in there and give you a fucking Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart fucking clinic, but she's going to go in there and be serviceable and give you a good match. The other two, man, they are very rough around the edges. They they basically are all look and no substance. And I don't want to come off as negative, but that's just the way it is. They were not good. This match was not good. Most of these tournament matches have not been good. But they somehow advanced to the second round. Just like I thought Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark were going to advance, these two ladies advanced. And I'm going to say the same thing about them. I don't see how they don't go to the finals. Because it's more spotlight on them, and it's more spotlight on NXT, and you know Triple H loves his NXT talent. So this match went nearly 10 minutes. Like I said, Bailey, EO, and Dakota, they walked through the crowd, sat right behind the announced team. Sony Deville speared Gigi Dolan early. Deville and Dolan kind of went for a hurricanrana spot, which looked botched all over the place. Gigi went for a hurricanrana. Gigi should not be going for hurricanranas. Meanwhile, this spot got fucked up. Deville and Dolan screwed up the spot, and uh, the match kind of just fell apart a little bit here in this part of the match. J.C. Jane tagged in and took it to DeVille with a big knee. She then hit a cannonball off the apron. Toxic Attraction was working together and took out Natalia. They're in control. Jane hit another cannonball in the corner. This time she goes for a cover and gets a two count. Sonia fights back. Natalia got a hot tag. Fans pop big because Natalia is from Canada. And she made the babyface come back here in her hometown. Natalia ran wild. And hit a German suplex on J.C. Jane. 
Natalia went for a sharpshooter, but Jane broke free. Michael Cole made a reference of uh, the 1997 Survivor Series because she put on a sharpshooter attempt. I mean, give me a break. Every time somebody does a sharpshooter in fucking Montreal, do we have to reference 1997? Fucking ridiculous. Michael Cole, by the way, also referenced El Generico on commentary. For those that think Vince McMahon is still running shit, if Vince McMahon heard the name El Generico, Michael Cole would have been fucking banished. Vince McMahon is not running anything. Sharpshooter attempt, J.C. Jane broke free. Toxic attraction took over the match. Jane and DeVille fought in front of Bailey, Sky, and Kai. J.C. Jane giving Bailey some seductive looks at ringside. Bailey was heckling DeVille. Jane took it to her with a big boot to the face. Back in the ring we go. Finish came when Natalia got a sharpshooter on Gigi Dolan, but J.C. Jane made the blind tag, and in the sharpshooter, rolled Natalia up for the one, two, three. Toxic Attraction now advanced to the semifinals to take on Aaliyah and <laughs> Raquel Gonzalez Rodriguez in the second round of the Women's Tag Team title tournament. I'm going with Toxic Attraction. I'm going Toxic Attraction, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. This tournament looking very predictable, by the way. I'm going with uh, Bailey's women. Going with Bailey's girls to win this entire tournament. And then we get Sasha Banks and Naomi back in the WWE, which at this point, I think this women's division absolutely needs Sasha Banks and Naomi. And I think soon after that, we get Charlotte Flair coming back and androiding herself into the title picture at some point. With uh, whoever it is, Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey, whoever it is. So I think at that point, the women's division on SmackDown will look a little bit better than it does right now. But I do think that Toxic Attraction is going to the finals, and I do think that they will definitely be a part of the WWE draft. And I do think that they will end up on either Monday night or Friday night, depending on who Mandy Rose drops that title to on Tuesday which I thought it was going to be this past Tuesday with Zoe Stark, but that was not the case at all. Sami Zayn. He knocked on Roman Reigns' locker room door, and he wanted to talk to the tribal chief. So there was a security guard, and Sami Zayn thought he was going to get turned away. The guard said that Roman Reigns wants to see you. Sami Zayn looked shocked. He knocked, opened the door. Reigns was there waiting for him. He invited Sammy to come on in and sit down. Reigns asked how things were going. Zane says, well, it's been a little dicey, if I'm being honest with you. He says he's been getting into it with Jey Uso. Zane described last week's incident to Roman Reigns. Zane said that Jay is acting like Zane isn't carrying his weight. Jay Uso says, ooh, you better start carrying your weight around here. Otherwise, we're going to take it to Roman, and he's going to deal with you personally. Now, whatever that means, go out and win a title. Go out and uh, make yourself feel and look as important as us, however he is supposed to do that. So Sammy isn't carrying his weight in the bloodline as an honorary ooze. Zane mentioned taking the Claymore kick last week to prevent the Usos from taking it. He said that Jay is ungrateful. Reigns said that Sammy Zane is right. Reigns says that Jay doesn't appreciate anything. Reigns then said that Zayn should have been talking to him or Jimmy. 
So Sammy looked very happy about this because Roman was being very receptive to him. So Roman Reigns walked away. I don't know where he went. Maybe he, he went to go use uh, the, the, the John, or maybe he went to go get himself uh, some uh, nice catering there that was provided to him. I don't know. So his cell phone rang. He left his cell phone on the couch that they were sitting on, and it showed that Jay Uso was calling him during this segment. So Reigns told Zayn to answer the phone. Zayn answered and told Jay he would take care of it, but it's not a good time. So he hung up. Zayn told Reigns that Jay said there's trouble at the border, which is kind of a mini shoot, I guess, because they weren't even allowed to cross the border into Canada because of their DUI arrests, which are numerous for the Usos. So Zayn says he doesn't think the Usos will be here tonight. Zayn says he's in a five-way match. Reigns says, well, you know what? That intercontinental title would look good in the bloodline. And Sammy says, yes, I know. I know. Zayn says, listen, we should do this more. This was great. Reigns stopped Zayn when he was getting up to go leave and prepare for his match. Reigns stopped Sammy Zayn and said, Sammy, are you still friends with Kevin Owens? So Sammy Zayn said, yes. Reigns told Sammy to go tell Kevin Owens that Reigns doesn't owe anybody anything. Sammy Zayn agreed and said he'd pass the message along. Sammy Zayn was elated that Roman Reigns is treating him as an equal. This was a tremendous segment. This was a tremendous segment. I think Sammy Zayn is one of the best things about Friday night. I think Sammy Zayn and his interactions with the Usos. Sami Zayn and his interactions with Roman Reigns, when we do get them, are very enjoyable. This was a must-see segment to me. I think this storyline with whatever's going on right now, I thought in the beginning stages of it, I thought it was ridiculous. Like, what are they doing? Do they have an end goal? Now, with Triple H, I do believe that there is an end goal, and I do believe, you know, the end goal is what exactly we were talking about for weeks now. I do think that it's going to end up being that the bloodline doesn't really give a shit about Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens is going to get into it with Sami Zayn now and tell him what he's been telling him. They don't give a shit about you. They don't care. Why are you doing his bidding? You can go back and tell your tribal bitch that I'm doubling down on it. You owe me. This is all going to lead to Sami Zayn having to choose between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns and the bloodline. And this is going to lead. It's not going to happen at Clash of the Castle. It seems like it may be too late for that. Looks like the tag team championships won't be on the line going in to Clash of the Castle. So we may see this after Clash. But this is inevitably going to lead to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being reunited. And they will wrestle the Usos for the tag team titles and win the tag team titles. Sami's going to get kicked out of the bloodline. Sami's going to feel disrespected. His best friend, Kevin Owens, his real-life best friend, Kevin Owens, is going to be the one that snaps him out of it and is going to be there for him. He will then show the bloodline that he can hold his weight because he's going to be holding undisputed tag team championships with Kevin Owens at the end of this storyline. I think this is awesome. And I'm very excited to see where it goes. The Maximum Male Models with Max and Maxine Dupree are out there. Max said that they've titillated the juices of your guilty pleasures. It's pretty much all he said. 
So Hit Row comes down the aisle, and they interrupted the maximum male models. Hit Row danced, and they were uh, taking their sweet time getting into the ring. Dupree talked to Mace and Mansoor in the ring as Hit Row was entering the ring, and then Dupree got in Top Dollar's face and said that you guys, Hit Row, are not maximum male model material. We have business to attend to here. Get out. So Ashanti Adonis and Top Dollar, they took it to Mason Mansoor and they dumped both geeks out of the ring. And then Hit Row was standing there and all of a sudden we see nothing else of the maximum male models. Now Maxine Dupree, she is dancing in the aisleway while Hit Row is about to rap. I don't know what the fuck was going on in this segment, but two things. And this is the only shit that I'll say. Okay, number one. Triple H really showed you what he thinks of the Maximum Male Models. They did a segment. They were supposed to get some promo time. Hit Row. His gr- This is a Vince McMahon group, by the way. The Maximum Male Models is all a Vince McMahon idea. This was documented and reported on already. Hit Row, Triple H's guys and girl, they come down the aisle and they dump Vince McMahon's group right out of the ring and pretty much treat them like trash, like jobbers. So that was a statement in itself. There is a statement every single week on a Triple H episode of Raw and SmackDown. You just got to fish for it. You got to look for it. This was the statement of tonight's show. Triple H showed you what he thinks of the maximum male models. Massey and Mansoir. Trash. Trash. I can only hope to God that when the draft happens, Max Dupree comes out as L.A. Knight. This shit sucks. The other thing that this segment proved to me is that Hit Row is back two weeks now. This is their second appearance. The first appearance was fine. They trashed some jobbers in the ring and they did what they had to do. Fine. They're back. Everybody was like, yeah, Hit Row's back. Oh, great. Hit Row's back. Fine. Now, this is the first full week that they are back. And they did this segment where they rapped in Montreal. Hey, I don't think Montreal is the town to rap in. I don't think the crowd here really wants to hear Hit Row rap. I don't think this is the audience for that. Secondly, I don't want to sit here and be negative about Hit Row because I'm glad that they're back and I'm glad that they are back and what it represents. Fuck the old administration. Fuck Vince and fuck Bruce. But this was a complete misfire. This is not the right way to use Hit Row on live television. I'm sorry. Whose idea was this? I don't know. Obviously, we have to blame Triple H for this. They were more like mid-row instead of Hit Row. I'm not going to say that they're Shit Row just yet, but week one was fine. This full week that they're back now, this gets an F rating. Failure. We don't need to see Hit Row rapping on television. Save that shit for the fucking promos. I could barely even hear what they were saying in the middle of the ring. I heard something about Kobe Beef and Kobe Bryant, and that was basically it. Save this shit for their vignettes and their promos on how to sell a match. Have them do that. Sell a feud, sell a match online, or sell a feud, sell a match with a vignette and rap. Go into the studio. Top Dollar wants to talk about his home studio. 
go and spit some lines and do a fucking promo on somebody. Save it for the vignettes instead of doing it live on SmackDown. This was a terrible use of Hit Row to try and get them over. And again, I don't want to be negative. I don't. I'm glad that they're back. I want to see them succeed. I want to see them have a big statement to the old administration. But if this is the fucking direction of Hit Row, you're going to hear me start singing Shit Row again, all over again. And I don't want to do that. Even though it may amuse some of the, the OTS VIPs here. And yes, I get it. I get it. Swerve is not there. Swerve is not there. I don't think, you know, listen, I don't think Top Dollar and Ashante and B-Fab are up there enough to go out there and carry the group on their own. They're not. I'm just being real with you. They need a bigger presence to help them get over on this show. They need a bigger presence to help them get over in front of the audience. Whoever that is, I don't know. Turn Montez Ford heel. Everybody's been mentioning Carmelo Hayes. I don't know. I don't know. But there's one thing that I do know about Hit Row, and it's the same thing that we all feel. Triple H knows that they have a very short shelf life without a leader, a true leader. Top Dollar can spit rhymes all he wants. Doesn't make him a leader. B-Fab could look great and spit lines herself. Doesn't make her a leader. Ashante Adonis could be decent in the ring, and he can spit bars and look like a million bucks. Doesn't make him a leader. They need a figurehead. Whoever that is, I don't know. But if I'm a betting man, Triple H is on the same wavelength, thought-wise, as us. This was not a good use of Hit Row. Not. They need to do better. MVP, Leo Rush, somebody. Anybody. I don't even think Leo Rush would be a, a figurehead that would get the group over. Better than what they got now. But I don't think he's going to be on the same level as, as uh, of a swerve. They need somebody in there, man. Whoever it is. I don't know. MVP. MVP's a great figurehead. I don't know what the fuck he's doing with Omas. He's over there managing Omas. Meanwhile, he could be leading Hit Row. And that's the type of shit you want to see, not... (laughs) Nobody wants to see that. Fucking ridiculous. Dump him. Get rid of him. Get him out. Moving on. Scarlet. It's always good to see Scarlet, man. Carrying Cross. They were on the screen and they cut a uh, very nice promo here. Very nice promo. Cross said that McIntyre mentioned him. Cross says that whether they want to be or not, McIntyre and Reigns are the chosen ones. I scared Jesse's dog. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'll calm it down, bro. Jesse in the chat complaining about me waking up his dog. I'm sorry, bro. Lower your fucking TV or wherever you're watching me, your mobile device, lower it. Why don't you have headphones on, you geek? Jesus Christ. 
So he said McIntyre and Reigns are the chosen ones. He said it doesn't matter what McIntyre wants to be. He's still the chosen one. He said that McIntyre was chosen, but they were wrong, and someone else, <laughs> Reigns, took his place. He said that Reigns built the table that McIntyre failed to set. I like that line a lot. That was a very good line. Reigns built the table that McIntyre failed to set. You know who's a good table setter, bro? Dana Brooke. Catering is looking marvelous these days. Cross said that McIntyre was chosen, but they were wrong. And then he screamed about both of these guys, and he got his point to cross by yelling, and then they faded to black. I like Cross. I like what they're doing with his presentation. And they're really showing you what type of demeanor he has and the character that he has and the great promo and the delivery he has. I like the fact that they have pretty much played to his strengths. You know, they can send him out there and have him cut a promo, but I honestly think with what they're doing here with Cross is a lot more effective than just sending him out to the ring and having him cut a promo in front of the live audience. Obviously, you're not going to have him just cut promos in the back. You're going to have to send them out there eventually in front of the live audience. But I like that they're doing this now to really give you a vibe and a presentation of who he is and this whole TikTok and, you know, him being the guy that is coming on in here and, you know, he's going to decimate both Reigns and McIntyre and all of SmackDown. I love it. I love it. So whatever he plans on doing, man, if he gets in there with Reigns or gets in there with McIntyre, I'm already interested in what he's got going on with either one of these guys. So, Triple H has nailed his presentation so far out of the park since he's been back. We got a fatal five-way. This was Sheamus, Madcap Moss, Happy Bumass Corbin, Ricochet, and Sami Zayn. This was a number one contenders match for the Intercontinental Championship, and they are having this match at Clash of the Castle. Winner gets Gunther at Clash of the Castle. This will be the first pay-per-view since WrestleMania where Apollo Crews and Big E wrestled for the Intercontinental Championship. This was last year's WrestleMania. Ridiculous. How long has that been? I can't even fathom keeping the Intercontinental Championship on the back burner for that long. But that's what Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard thought of the Intercontinental Championship. Vince is probably having a fucking conniption fit. He's probably having a stroke backstage. Oh, Vince would have never done this with the Intercontinental title. Oh, it's making me angry, Bruce Pritchard, as he gets all red-faced, right? This is what needs to be done. It should be positioned as the second biggest championship in the entire company. So we got this fatal five-way. This went over 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And this was easily one of the best TV matches that WWE has put on all year. This was great. Everybody worked their ass off. Ricochet is so fucking good, man. So good. Even in defeat, Ricochet made everyone in there look like a thousand bucks. His selling is by far the best in WWE. Not even close. Sheamus looked good. He had a gnarly bruise on his, on his left leg. I don't know where he got bruised, but 
you know, that uh, that pale skin man shows a lot of color when you take a big bump like that. So he was bruised. He, Sheamus is just so good, man. Sheamus rarely misses when he's in the ring. He is just so good. He plays his, his role fucking great. He does. I've been a big fan of Sheamus for a very long time. And we got Corbin. Corbin has explosive offense. Listen, man, Corbin may have a shit gimmick, but Corbin is decent. Corbin is decent. He is more than serviceable in that ring. Then we got Madcap. Madcap was in there. He looked decent tonight. Not really his time to shine tonight, but his time will come. They're really building him, and his stock in the company is going to be a future piece to that company, along with the guys like Austin Theory and, you know, uh, all, all the youngsters possibly coming up from the from the NXT and the draft. Going to be great. Madcap is going to be there as a, a future piece to the company. A lot of people are very high on Madcap. And then we got Sami Zayn, man. We were living in a fucking bizarro world. Sami Zayn was the... Actually, it's not bizarro world tonight because it's in Montreal and Sami Zayn is from Montreal, but Sami Zayn normally is a villain every week. Gets booed every week. He got one of the best TV reactions all year in any promotion. They were singing ole, 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 ole in the crowd. Crazy, man. It reminded me of an NXT crowd. It reminded me of Sami Zayn in NXT Black and Gold crowd. He was great. He even performed like Sami Zayn of old tonight, man. Explosive offense. Crowd was into him. This match was fantastic. Fantastic. Zayn easily the biggest guy in this match because of the crowd reaction. So the bell rang. Fans broke into a massive Ole chant for Sami Zayn. I love that chant, man. That, there's nothing that gets me hyped more than hearing that shit in a crowd. I hope the UK brings it, man. I want to see some Ole chants in the United Kingdom. A couple of weeks, I clashed the castle. So everyone was fighting around ringside. This left Sami Zayn and Ricochet in the ring. Ricochet caught Zayn with a hurricanrana. Fans booed Ricochet, which is, you know, a rarity. So Ricochet's a babyface. Ricochet set up for a dive. Corbin hit a choke slam for a near fall. Corbin slammed Zayn onto the announce desk to loud boos. Sheamus and Moss fought around ringside. Corbin and Ricochet squared off in the middle of the ring. Ricochet did a backflip off of Corbin. Corbin dropped him with a big right. Zayn tried getting back in the ring, but Corbin cut him off. More big boos for Corbin. He loves being the asshole. Fans are chanting, more ole and let's go, Sammy. Corbin in a big back suplex on Sheamus. He went for a cover, got a near fall. Ricochet got back in the ring, ran wild over everybody. And fans were really into Ricochet as well, but Sami Zayn was more over. He caught Ricochet with a dropkick. Fans cheered Sami big time. Ricochet had a standing shooting star press on Corbin for a very close near fall. Sheamus had this big bruise on the side of his leg. I don't know where he got bruised from, but it must have taken place somewhere on the outside. So, he gets back in the ring. He takes out Sammy with a big Irish curse backbreaker. Sheamus took over. He gives those big uh, clubbing forearm shots to Moss, Corbin, and Ricochet. 37 shots in total. He gave 10 to Moss, 10 to Corbin, and then 17 to Ricochet. I guess he doesn't like us. Sheamus is not a Ricochet guy. Sheamus turns his attention to Sammy. Fans started booing Sheamus big time. Zayn recovered, ran wild, got a big reaction. 
Zayn hit a big flip dive onto Corbin on the outside. Reminded me of old Sammy NXT style. Fans broke into a huge Sammy chant. Zayn hit the Michinoku driver on Ricochet, which looked great. Zayn went for the Huluva kick on Ricochet. Moss cut him off. Zayn hit a blue thunder bomb, which is my favorite move in all pro wrestling, delivered by Sami Zayn on Moss for another near fall. Crowd was crazy. Zayn climbed to the top rope. Sheamus cut him off. Sheamus hit white noise on Zayn off the middle rope. Zayn started to sell his arm. He rolled out of the ring. Referees and officials came out to check on him. He was selling this injury. They escorted him to the back. Sami Zayn got taken out of the match. So now we're down to four. Moss was giving Sheamus a fallaway slam off the middle rope. Ricochet hit a moonsault off the middle rope for a near fall. And Sheamus was going wild. Took it to Moss with a big knee. Sheamus went for the bro kick. Moss countered the bro kick. Ricochet then hit the recoil on Moss. He followed up with a shooting star press on Sheamus. Corbin broke up the pin off the beautiful shooting star press on Sheamus. Suddenly, Sami Zayn... He comes back out, holding the arm. Gets a huge hero's return welcome. Zayn hit an exploded suplex on Ricochet. Hit the Huluva kick. Zayn of the match won. Corbin pulled him out of the ring, and he got booed out of the building. Corbin went for the end of days on Ricochet. Sheamus hit the bro kick for the one, two, three. Sheamus wins. He's going to clash at the castle to challenge Gunther for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn looked great. Great. Everybody looked great. I wish that I wish I could bottle this crowd reaction up and take it with me to the next city. I thought they were fucking great, man. More shows in Canada. That's why I can't wait for AEW to go to Canada, man. You guys are infantry. You guys are gonna fucking kill it. I know it. Canadian fans love their pro wrestling, bro. Tonight was definitely that vibe. And the right guy won. I could have seen Ricochet get a rematch because, you know, Triple H loves Ricochet. I could have seen Sami Zayn get the victory to play into the Bloodline story, right? I would have been okay with Sami Zayn winning. I could have been okay with Sami Zayn winning. Just because it was in Montreal and people love him. The crowd would have went crazy if Sami Zayn won this match. Sheamus won it. I was not going to hate on Ricochet or Sami, but I can't hate on Sheamus. Even though it was not what the crowd wanted, you can't hate on Sheamus. Sheamus and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship is one of those matches that everybody kind of desired to see. It was on their match wish list when Gunther got made into, A, the Intercontinental Champion and made his main roster debut. This match was definitely coming whether you liked it or not. And now that we're, that we're in a Triple H era, the Intercontinental title gets placed on a pedestal in the spotlight is back on pay-per-view, and we're getting Sheamus and Gunther for the IC title in Cardiff, where the crowd's going to go crazy for it. This is going to be a war. I don't know how anybody is not excited about these two guys beating the absolute living fucking piss out of one another. This is going to be incredible. I love it. This one match that everybody's looking forward to now, it's not McIntyre Reigns, it's not Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler, it's not the six women's tag team match. It's this one. This one. The right guy won. No matter what Sami Zayn and the reaction was for Sami Zayn tonight, the right guy won. Sheamus and Gunther are going to fucking kill it. Can't wait. 
We got a Viking funeral tonight. The War Raiders, the Viking Raiders, the new and vicious Viking Raiders. They held their Viking funeral. So they were shown and let me see. Do I have do I have my notes here? Where is it? Uh, where is my Viking funeral notes? Basically, they lit shit on fire. I don't I don't even think I took notes for this. So this was a Viking funeral. And they lit shit on fire, and it looked like somebody, a priestess, was there marking their face, and they said, whatever the new day has coming to them, they will end the new day. So we saw this priestess, this this Viking priestess, Mark Ivar and Mark Eric, with, you know, symbols on their head. And to me, it looked like Sarah Logan. She's married to Eric of the Viking Raiders. They are married and have a child together. Looks like Sarah Logan was brought back to the WWE to play the evil Viking witch or Viking princess, Viking, you know, uh, whatever she played here tonight. And I love the vibe of this. I do. I love the overall vibe of this. I am still kind of getting used to the Viking Raiders being a heel team. But it looks like Triple H has now once again brought back Sarah Logan. And I honestly think that a lot of people, you know, when the Viking Raiders were on TV in the Vince McMahon era and Sarah Logan kind of was in the women's division and she kind of shed the riot squad thing and she kind of presented herself the way that she really is because she's married to Eric of the Viking Raiders. She had this Viking-like vibe to everybody. like, why don't you just put her with the Viking Raiders? Why don't you just put her with the Viking Raiders and make her a valet manager slash performer? Now it looks like Triple H is doing exactly that. Why these simple things were not done months ago and now Triple H is rectifying all these problems? I don't get it. Triple H is basically answering all of our creative prayers with the little shit that should have already been done. So it looks like Sarah Logan is back of the Viking in the Viking Raiders and managing the Viking Raiders now which is a great role for her. It makes logical sense. Good. Good. Liv Morgan. She's back with Caleb Braxton, and she asked if facing Shotzi tonight will hurt her chances at Clash of the Castle. Morgan said that if she played it safe, she wouldn't be champion. She said the target on her back and the target on her arm or actually, no, I'm sorry. She said the target on her arm is not big or as big as the target on her back. She said she did what it took to win the title and she'll do whatever it takes to keep it. She told Kayla to watch her. Now, I don't really understand that last line. She said she did what it took to win the title and she'll do whatever it takes to keep it. But that didn't stop her from tapping out to Ronda Rousey. So clearly she did not heed her own words here. She tapped out at SummerSlam. This is the very reason why people are turning their back on Liv Morgan. She'll do whatever it takes to keep it. She clearly did not listen to her own advice because she was tapping out clear as day at SummerSlam and was willing to forfeit the fucking title. Fans are not stupid. They saw it with their own eyes and then they hear Liv Morgan say that. And then they think Liv Morgan is a delusional idiot. 
The fuck is she talking about? That's why she's getting booed. It's not that fucking difficult. Give me a break with this shit. Liv Morgan is a weak champion. She gave up. She tapped out. And then she's over here telling she's going to do whatever it takes to keep it. Clearly not. We have footage of that. Lame. I can't wait till she loses this fucking championship. No reason why Shayna Baszler should not destroy her at Clash of the Castle. And if Shayna doesn't win the championship, I think we have a fucking problem. Either Shayna wins and we move on from this shit and cut our losses, or Shayna loses and we get Shayna and Ronda teaming up together to go after the tag team championships. Which right now, I don't really see either of them crossing paths right now. We'll see what Triple H has planned. I don't know. So we got Liv Morgan and Shotzi Blackheart here tonight. This was six minutes, non-title match. Okay match. Shotzi's not very good either. She should be a lot better than where she is right now. She was a lot better in NXT. I don't know why. Not very good, though. Shotzi was in control. Morgan hit a middle rope drop kick. Shotzi recovered, hit a draping DDT onto the apron. Shotzi was in control. Tiger suplex for a near fall. Shotzi taunted Liv Morgan. Morgan heard enough and fought back. She followed up with Oblivion for the one, two, three. That's basically it. After the match, Shayna Baszler came down the aisle. She attacked Liv Morgan at the end of the match, took out Morgan, grabbed the arm of Morgan, and wrenched it. Baszler set up Morgan's elbow on the mat for a stomp. Baszler leaned in on Morgan, said she can break Liv Morgan's arm whenever she wants, but she didn't do it tonight. She teased it, teased it, teased it, and then she let Liv Morgan go and then kicked Liv Morgan right in the face and then walked off. Shayna Baszler needs to win the championship. She needs to win the championship. No doubt in my mind. I don't know what they do with Ronda because you know she's going to be involved in some way, shape, or form. But Shayna Baszler winning the championship needs to happen at Clash of the Castle. Roman Reigns. He was up next and they showed McIntyre getting ready to come into the arena for this face-to-face. And McIntyre saw a carrying cross hourglass laying in his locker room. He got agitated and pissed. So Roman Reigns walks down the aisle. And he has his title reign now at 719 days. So he's out there with no Paul Heyman. Where's Paul Heyman, you ask? He's probably selling the attack from Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam still. The Usos, they were not allowed in Canada due to their DUI arrests. Reigns was out there all by himself. So, acknowledge me, says Roman Reigns in front of the Montreal crowd. Reigns said that he is not here every week anymore. He said that every once in a while people are going to come out and say stupid shit. He said if anybody comes out and says that they are the face of the company, the main events, or that they carry the company on their back and they're not him, they are lying to you. Reigns says there's only one face of the company There's only one main event, and there's only one man that carries the company on his back. He said their name is Roman Reigns. 
He said, that's what he says. And everything he says has substance. Rain says he doesn't need to say anything to McIntyre because McIntyre is beneath him. Cue McIntyre's music. Drew McIntyre comes out. He entered the ring. He stares at Roman Reigns with a microphone in hand. Said he wanted to say everything to Reigns' face, but he's not here anymore on a weekly basis. He said Reigns doesn't represent the titles and he doesn't deserve to be champions or champions, I guess, champion. Reigns then questioned McIntyre. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be the champion. McIntyre said that Heyman helps him politically. The Usos help him physically. He said that Reigns may be in God mode when he's around them, but at the end of the day, he's just a man. McIntyre said that he sees fear in Roman's eyes now that he doesn't have the bloodline around him. McIntyre said that there isn't a man alive that he can't tear apart. McIntyre said it's a unique opportunity because Reigns is here and here alone. McIntyre removed his shirt. He wanted to fight, and they fought. They threw fists. Reigns and McIntyre going blow for blow here. They traded punches. McIntyre tossed Reigns with a vicious-looking suplex. Reigns looked like he landed right on his hip. Hard way. McIntyre set up for the Claymore kick. Reigns moved out of the way, and Sami Zayn all of a sudden comes out of nowhere and throws himself in front of Roman and takes a Claymore kick. Reigns took McIntyre down again. Reigns set up McIntyre for the spear and charged, but McIntyre countered and took Reigns out mid-spear with a Claymore kick. McIntyre stood tall with both championships in hand as the show went off the air. Crowd was firmly behind Roman Reigns. This was a non-U.S. crowd. In favor of Roman Reigns. Are we going to see that same thing happen in Cardiff at Clash of the Castle? I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Is Roman Reigns going to go into Cardiff, the heel, and come out babyface? I don't know. McIntyre's the babyface in this feud, but he may be walking into to Clash of the Castle, the heel. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic, man. These, these foreign crowds, they, they are very wishy-washy. They love to flip the script unknowingly. So I'm very curious to know if McIntyre's going in the, the babyface and then is going to wrestle that match as a heel just because of the crowd reaction. I don't know. I thought both guys came off great here. I thought the intensity for McIntyre, especially the last couple of weeks, has been great. I loved their match a couple of Survivor Series ago. And I'm looking forward to this match at Clash. I think they are going to kill. That match that they had at Survivor Series was a match of the year candidate in all of pro wrestling. I think now with 70,000 people in Cardiff, it's going to be better than what we saw at Survivor Series a couple years ago. They're going to kill it in Cardiff. Can't wait to see what these two guys do. And Sami Zayn, man, the equalizer in this thing, the big question mark here. Sami Zayn continues to show his allegiance to Roman Reigns, only really building himself up for the inevitable Kevin Owens truth bomb. They don't give a shit about you. And all it's going to take is one thing, something, either done physically or done verbally to Sami Zayn to really kind of understand what Kevin Owens is going to get at. Right now he's in fantasy land. He thinks Roman Reigns actually gives a shit about him. He thinks the Usos give a shit about him. So the dynamic with Sami Zayn and the bloodline, you know, I wasn't big on it when Vince McMahon was booking this shit, but now that we're seeing this kind of take 
shape and take form and has legs now, and it's leading to the inevitable Kevin Owens getting involved and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens becoming a tag team. I think this is going to be a great story that is eventually going to be a perfect one to get those belts off the Usos. So we'll see what happens. I thought SmackDown was very good tonight, man. A solid SmackDown. I wouldn't say it was a great show. It was a lot better than what we were given four or five weeks ago. SmackDown has had some solid efforts. Monday Night Raw has had some solid efforts. I'm quite enjoying the Triple H booked Raw and SmackDown shows. Thank you guys very much for joining me on the podcast, man. We're going to go over some Rampage in just a little bit. Not going to spend too much time on Rampage. I, I don't really care about Rampage. I've actually fallen out of love with Rampage. I don't really care. So we will uh, we will talk about Rampage in just a little bit. I want to thank you guys. I want to check in on you. 2,300 people plus in the venue tonight, man. I only see 887 likes, though. What's going on? I'm going to need you guys to hit that thumbs up, man. We need a 1,000 minimum before we get out of here. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. I know you guys like shopping online, man. I love shopping online. I love making my office feel cozy and homey, and I like buying all the latest tech. Love being up to date with everything. I love giving back to the show. Whether it's a new camera, new microphone, lights, you name it. Honey. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds online to your cart. Supports over 30,000 stores online, sites like tech, gaming products, fashion brands, and even food delivery. So like I said, man, imagine you're shopping online at one of your favorite sites. When you check out the Honey button drops down, all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds, Honey scours the internet for coupons it finds for that site. Finds a working coupon, you're going to watch the prices drop. I recently had to take Bacardi to the vet. She needs new food. So when I shop online, not only for their new food, which I need fatty food and less protein, more more in fat and less in protein, their toys... I just bought my cats a new litter box. All done online with the use of honey. 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have honey, you're missing out. Really. It's free. It installs in seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid, saving some money, and you're supporting me in this podcast. And like I always say, guys, I would never recommend anything I don't use. Joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast tonight. Right here on OTS. AEW Rampage. Decent show. I mean, if you missed it, you didn't really miss much of anything. We got the opening match of Claudio. Actually, it wasn't an opening match. We got an opening promo of Claudio. Claudio Castagnoli. He's out there. He shouted out Ricky Steamboat. Obviously, big influence. And Ricky Steamboat actually had a hand in training Claudio as well. He said he felt weird about not wrestling, so he issued an open challenge for next week. And out came Dustin Rhodes. So Dustin Rhodes is out here to answer the open challenge of Claudio. 
Not tonight, but next week. Rhodes says that they have a long history with some hard-fought battles while both of them were in WWE. He said he has dreamt about holding the world heavyweight title, and if Claudio will accept the challenge, he'll bring the natural and the best he can to the match. Of course, Claudio accepted the challenge, and we're getting this match on Rampage next week. So it's going to be Claudio and Dustin. Should be a solid match, but... You know, you got to do something with Claudio. Nobody really knows what's going on with the Ring of Honor brand. Nobody knows what's going on with the TV rights deal discussions, the titles. Right now, Ring of Honor is in a state of, uh, I guess, nothing right now. Clearly, you want to use Claudio. He's the Ring of Honor world champion. They brought him in to do Blood and Guts. They brought him in to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. for Bid and Door. Clearly, you want to use him. You got him. He's one of the best hands you got. So they're trying to continue to maintain the essence of Ring of Honor with these matches on Rampage and kind of showing off the Ring of Honor titles on AEW television. You know, it's going to happen, man. You know, I don't really care for it. I just want them to be their own separate entity away from AEW. I want them to have their own separate roster away from AEW. But I don't know. I don't know. Let's keep the Ring of Honor shit to Ring of Honor and keep that shit off Rampage and Dynamite. That's just me. But a Claudio match, you really can't complain about a Claudio match on AEW television. AEW Tag Team Championships. We got Swerve and Our Glory against Private Party. This was not bad. A lot better than I had anticipated here. Keith Lee, obviously, the big story was Keith Lee. What is he going to do to Isaiah Cassidy in this match? His power was definitely on display. So, Private Party held their own. They didn't, they didn't look bad out there tonight. Cassidy knocked down Swerve. Uh, he was on the outside. Cassidy did a beautiful tornado dive to the outside. Keith Lee's power was a, a big selling point in this match. He got a hot tag. He was just tossing Quinn and Cassidy all over the ring. Uh, they did a very good job for selling for him. He almost impaled Quinn with a big pounce and then drove Quinn into the ropes and back and forth. So, big kick to Quinn's head, Strickland. Nailed him with a kick, and then nailed him with uh, what he calls the JML driver to pick up the clean victory. Uh, both teams look good. Swerve and our glory looks great as tag team champions. Uh, I don't know what they're doing at the pay-per-view. I don't know what they're doing at All Out. We may be getting an acclaimed versus Swerve and our glory match at All Out. That's my prediction. So we got a couple of weeks till All Out, and Swerve and our glory don't have challenges for the tag team titles. I don't know. We'll see what happens, and we'll see what Tony Khan has in store for them. They should be on the show. Ruby Soho and Ortiz were reminded by Lexi Nair that they have some unfinished business with Sammy and Tay Mello. So they both backed that statement, and it appears that we're getting a mixed tag team match for next week. Mixed tag team match between Sammy and Tay versus Ruby Soho and Ortiz on Rampage. We just got a mixed tag team match last week. With Dante Martin and Sky Blue. It seems like we're going the mixed tag team route again, this time with Ortiz and Ruby Soho. The factory, they were sitting in catering and they were playing dominoes. I guess that's how they uh, buy their time while Tony Khan is not putting them on television. Out of nowhere, Power Sobs walks in, he flipped the table over. He was pissed the factory didn't take out Starks, but QT Marshall promised that he would, hand to God, take out Ricky Starks. If I'm Powerhouse Hobbs, I don't trust QT Marshall. 
Hook defeated Zach Clayton. If you guys want to know who Zach Clayton is, uh, he is the husband of Jersey Shore star Jay Wow. So that's that. This guy walked in and he's won one match on AEW Dark. He's one for 13. Came out last Friday, took Hook up on the open challenge. And this match went literally 60 seconds. Not even. Probably less than that. 30 seconds. Red rum for the tap out, and that was it. I don't know why this guy is on the show. I don't know why anybody would even care about this guy. This is why nobody watches Rampage. Waste of my time. Matt Menard and Angela Parker of JAS. By the way, they just signed new contracts. With AEW. I'll talk about that this Sunday on Off the Script. They wondered what if the FTW title was held by a sports entertainer. They wondered what the FTW would look like, FTW title would look like if it was held by a sports entertainer. So it looks like we're getting another open challenge by Angelo Parker for the FTW title. That does not look good for JAS. Let's keep the JAS out of the FTW title bullshit. We don't need that at all. Lexi Nair interviewed Billy Gunn and asked Billy Gunn about the attack by uh, his sons last Wednesday, which should have been on Dark or Rampage, not Dynamite. But Gunn said he is bringing some friends, the acclaimed, to Dynamite next week, and he's going to spank their asses or something along those lines. Can we please move on from the Gun Club and the fucking acclaimed? Nobody cares anymore. We ended in a dumpster match. It ended in the dumpster. Yet we're still getting it. So, we move on to, I'm thinking about the the acclaimed. You know, Billy Gunn was more over than his sons. Right? Billy Gunn was more over. How are Austin and Colton Gunn going to survive without their father? Nobody cares about them. They could be a solid team. But you took away the biggest selling point to them as an act. Their father. A Hall of Famer. Billy Gunn. So, Billy Gunn was the most over aspect of that act. Now he joins the acclaimed, who them themselves are more over than the gun club. This does not bode well for the gun club. They may be delegated back to dark sooner rather than later. Scissor me, daddy. So, we move on because the match with Hook took 30 seconds. Tony Khan gives us a, another match, a standby match, he said. Buddy Matthews defeated Serpentico. I mean, did we really need a standby match? Buddy Matthews defeated Serpentico, and uh, Buddy Matthews obviously won here. Miro comes out. He walked out with Malachi Black's mask, and he said... Or he and Matthews got into a big brawl. I don't know what the commentary team said about the mask or what happened to to Malachi, but Miro threw the mask down on the floor. Miro stared at Julia Hart before getting into the ring to brawl with Buddy Matthews. A lot of foreshadowing about Lana, a.k.a. C.J. Perry, appearing soon on AEW television. So it looks like we may be getting Miro and uh, his wife to take out Julia Hart and the House of Black. 
Poor Buddy Matthews. He got a kick right to the face, man. Look, it looked brutal from Miro. Now, I don't know what we're doing with Miro at the pay-per-view. We may be getting Miro versus Malachi at the pay-per-view. Does the Dark Order go on and beat the House of Black in the trios tournament? That would certainly free up Malachi and Miro at the pay-per-view, right? I don't know. I don't know what Tony Khan's got planned. So, Lexi Nair, very busy was Lexi Nair tonight. She interviewed Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and uh, Reba, Rebel, whatever the fuck her name is. Reba shoved Nair out of the way because she asked a ridiculous question. Baker says she can't wait to see the shitstorm. Not thunderstorm, shitstorm. That is thunderstorm implode. I feel like this... uh, this Rosa, Britt Baker thing, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Storm thing. I don't know where it's all leading, but I feel like we're getting, and we talked about this on Wednesday, I feel like we're getting a heel turn at some point in the next couple of weeks. And more than likely, it'll take place at All Out. Who's turning heel? I don't know. I would assume Thunder Rosa's turning heel because I think she needs a fresh coat of paint. I don't think they really have done her well in this title ring. Matches have been fine, but there's no substance there to the title ring. So I think she beats Tony and then turns heel. She's kind of foreshadowing something here, Britt Baker. She's foreshadowing something. Athena. She defeated Penelope Ford, who made her return long time on the DL. Nine months, to be exact. Ford was in control early. Athena won with the, uh, what is she called? The O-Face? The Eclipse. Now called the O-Face. All of a sudden, we get the baddies, Layla Gray and Kara Hogan. They come out and they attack and then... Out comes TBS champion Jade Cargill with a sledgehammer. She licked the sledgehammer. And Cargill smashed Athena's wings that she comes out with, those robotic wings she left in the aisleway. She takes the hammer and smashed the wings. And then Athena fought uh, away from Layla Gray and Hogan's uh, grasp because they were double-teaming her in the ring. Cargill entered the ring and hit her in the gut with the sledgehammer. And laid her out. The baddie stood tall. So, to me, it looks like we're getting Athena versus Jade Cargill at the pay-per-view. I'm assuming. I don't know if Athena wins, but it it certainly is shaping up to be a pay-per-view match for All Out. And hopefully Athena could lead Jade to a decent match. But those wings, they did say on commentary that Athena made those wings herself. She created them and put them together herself. And Jade says... Fuck your robotic wings. I'm taking this Triple H sledgehammer and destroys the wings. Is there a chance Athena beats Jade? I don't know. Maybe. I had that penciled in for Chris Atlander to beat Jade. Maybe maybe it's Athena. How long are we going to go with this? Are we going to go 50-0? How many other women are there for Jade to beat before she loses this championship? Now, if Athena wins, you know what the complaint's going to be. Oh, an ex-WWE woman took it from Jade. (laughs) Meanwhile, Athena's great. I think Athena is very good. Then we got the best friends. They went on and beat the Trustbusters to advance in the AEW Trios title tournament. You know, the Trustbusters, not really into the overall group, but Ari Divari is very good, and Parker Boudreaux. All I will say about this match, it was a very predictable match. And I will say this, outside of Ari Davari, which we know he knows his shit, 
Parker Boudreaux looked better than he's ever looked in this match. He looked great tonight. He wasn't in there a whole lot, but what he did, man, he's, he's adding slowly but surely onto what he's capable of. And he looked dominant in there. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He didn't miss his steps. He looked vicious and brutal in there, which is exactly what you want him to do. He looked great. Slim J, I mean, outside of him looking like uh, he should be selling drugs outside the corner 7-Eleven, you know, he looked, he looked very good tonight. Really. He was excellent tonight. And I don't think he overall fits the group. I don't think none of these guys fit. I don't even know what the fuck they're about. What is a trust buster? Really? What is the overall vibe of the group? But they both look great. Now, I don't really care for Sonny Kiss being out there, but you know, Sonny Kiss was out there. He was uh, interfering in the match at some point. And Cassidy was climbing the top rope. Sonny Kiss pushed Cassidy off while the referee was distracted. This led to Slim J hitting a top rope wrist clothesline on Cassidy for a near fall. Danhausen all of a sudden appears in the front row, and he wanted to curse Sonny Kiss. He tells Sonny Kiss to move out of the way, but he curses Slim J in the ring. He turned around, ate a double choke slam from the best friends. Cassidy knocked out Davari with an orange punch. Beretta and Taylor held Slim J at the same time, while Cassidy jumped on their shoulders and jumped off them with a big splash for the one, two, three. Nice-looking move and a very predictable outcome. The best friends move on to wrestle either the House of Black or the Dark Order. Rampage was okay. It was fine for what it was. Still not anywhere near being a must-see show. Talked about this on Wednesday. I don't really give a shit about Rampage until it moves out of that 10 p.m. time slot moves into a normal time slot on a normal night, whether it's Tuesday or Thursday, and is live every fucking week. Simple. Not going to really care about Rampage until we start making Rampage feel like, you know, a real B show to AEW, which is an extension of Dynamite instead of an extension of Dark or Dark Elevation. I appreciate you guys very much for joining me on this. Friday night post-show for SmackDown and Rampage, man. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a second. Hit that thumbs up. We just hit 1,000 likes, man. Thank you so very much, guys. You guys are awesome. Get those Super Chats in. We're going to hang out in just a second with our cold beverages. And get those memberships in, man. 50% off for the month of August. So get them on in. Once again, tonight's show is sponsored by Honey. Join honey.com slash off the script. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram, as well as TikTok and Cameo. So make sure you guys follow me on social media and go check out all the other content that you might have missed on the channel. We're going to start at the top here, man. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Sammy got some shine with Roman. Not a bad smackdown. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Sinister Classic with a $5 Super Chat. Hate saying it, but if Punk wants to walk away over some words said by Paige, let him. Paige said it best. I'm here to defend AEW from you. Dollars and cents. The entire Punk thing, I'll talk about more in depth on Sunday, but it all has to do with Colt Cabana. 
basically almost being fired until the locker room, I'm assuming his his buddies, Dark Order, Young Bucks, I'm assuming, stuck up for him, got him a job, got him a new contract, and then kind of delegated him to Ring of Honor. He was removed from the Dark Order. He was removed from AEW television. He's now part of the Ring of Honor brand. Punk wanted him gone. The pettiness of Punk still holding this grudge on Colt Cabana is the catalyst for all of this this uneasiness in AEW. And I don't really understand why he's letting that bother him. Go make your money. Go do what you got to do. Why is Colt Cabana bothering you? The presence of Colt Cabana is bothering CM Punk. Now, I do think that all of this is going to be turned into a work. I do. I genuinely genuinely believe all of this is a work. I said it on Twitter today. What if it's a work? The match next week is playing into a bigger plan. There's only two things. There's only two things that can come out of this match. You're not leaving Moxley off the pay-per-view. You're not leaving Punk off the pay-per-view. So the match that we're getting on Wednesday, more than likely we're either A, getting it again in Chicago, or B, MJF is coming back on Wednesday and we're getting a triple threat match. Because realistically, if Punk wins on Wednesday, Moxley doesn't have anything to do with the pay-per-view and you're not leaving Moxley off the pay-per-view. Moxley is not beating Punk and you're not leaving Punk off the pay-per-view in Chicago. There's only one of two options. And I like that MJF being involved option because it gives them an easy out. It really does. And it plays into the storyline. MJF beating not one but two XWWE guys. But I do like, I do like MJF beating one of them in New York at Grand Slam to become the AEW World Champion. I do like that possible option. So I don't know what's going to happen there. JD, what did you think of Black Phone? Sinister Classic with a $2 Super Chat. I thought Black Phone was awesome. I watched it last night while drinking a couple of old fashions. I thought Black Phone was great. I didn't expect Black Phone to have some paranormal overtones to it, but I thought it, I thought it was great. I thought Ethan, Ethan Hawke, even though his, his role was not as, you know, abundant. I thought he played his role very well. And I thought the children, the casting of the children was great. I thought they all killed it. Very enjoyable, man. Uneasy at times, but it was enjoyable. Tony Brown with the 199 Super Chat. He says, meat lovers. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of meat on tonight's show, bro. Gigi, Bailey. Right, we got... Sonia. Can't leave out Sonia, bro. Sonia's got some meat. And then Athena, bro. Oh, my goodness. Friday night is a good booty meat night, bro. Charles Wright with a three-month recommitment to the VIP club. Hey, JD, how's it going, man? Going on vacation soon on Tuesday to see my mom in Kentucky for nine days. Going to enjoy the relaxation. OTS for life. Enjoy your Vacation, brother, and enjoy the relaxation. Thank you for the three months, man. Hope your mother is doing well. Scenario 128 with a five dollar super chat. What's up, JD? Today marks five years of NXT Takeover Brooklyn three. Good show. Yes, all the Takeover Brooklyns were awesome. 
And Sato Fortune with the Canadian $5 Super Chat. I lost my voice screaming for screaming for Sammy in that live crowd. After the, after the show, KO asked Sammy to stop being Roman's bitch. They better be a tag team after this. Oh, I like that. See, I told you. Stop being Roman's bitch. JM with a $5 Super Chat. You know things are changing when Pat McAfee name drops Jim Cornette on WWE TV. Oh, yeah, I heard that. I heard that, man. Sinister Classic with a $2 Super Chat. Drinking Capriccio. White Sangria. 14% alcohol. I'm not a Sangria guy, bro. I'm not. But enjoy it. Sounds good. Tenario, one, two, eight with a $5 Super Chat. Hello, JD again. Question, Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go, uh, De Niro. It's a tough one, though. MGM Bolin with a 10-month Super Chat, uh, 10-month membership. Finally all caught up with the show after falling behind by a week for a while. Glad to be back, and I'm not going anywhere as long as you serve us, King. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Fabian Cleveland with a $2 super chat. Jesse was right. He put me up to this. Jesse's not right yet, bro. Okay? Jesse's not right yet. He's partially right. MGM Bolin with another $4.99 super chat. Also, as much as I hate punk, I think it's a work so he can win in heel fashion next week and make MJF into a mega face, which honestly would be great. I could see it. I said this on Twitter today as well. It may be all the work to turn Punk heel and have MJF come in and save AEW from the WWE guys. The ex-WWE guys. Chris Leon with a three-month membership. Cheers to another great week, man. I got plenty of cold beverages. That's what I like to hear, brother. Make sure they are cold. Dan from the 90s with a 5 and a 2. I just got more excited for a Clash of the Castle. Finally, the IC title will be defended on pay-per-view. Thank you, Papa H. Ronda Rousey needs a mouthpiece to speak for her. Yes, she does. How many times do we got to say it, man? Paul Heyman. Livewired becomes a new member. Thank you, Livewired. I appreciate you, bro. What are you drinking tonight, Livewire? Jordan plays with a $5 Super Chat. JD, can you please explain to me what Cross was talking about in his promo? I legitimately didn't understand it. Chosen one, this, don't deserve it, that. What is that to explain, Jordan? McIntyre's not the chosen one. He allowed Roman Reigns to set the table for him that he failed at setting himself. Not really much context there, man. It's very simple. Sid Draw with a $5 Super Chat. Question, what did CM Punk tell Adam Copeland when Copeland made a pass at him? Answer, I'm straight, Edge. Hashtag OTS for life. Sid Rowe, man. Uh, Sid Rowe, man. You're uh, Sid Rowe. 
Hit, hit row, mid row, sit row, sit row. Should be a comedian, brother. Jordan plays with a two dollar super chat. Shit row, absolutely insufferable. Yeah, they 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 did not come off good tonight, man. Dev to dust with a five times two, so it's ten dollars in super chat. Dev to dust, thank you, brother. Steven Spielberg, Schindler's List is one of the greatest films ever made. Thank you for letting us know, bro. I had no idea. Jurassic Park and Jaws are Steven Spielberg's two greatest films. Dr. Glorious with a $5 super chat. Carrying Cross, bald or with hair? With hair, absolutely. He looks great. Who's your breakout star in WWE this year? And you should come down to Toronto for AEW. I wish I could, Glorious. I can't, though. Can't do it that week, man. I'm traveling to uh, Dublin for five days to get away from everybody that week. Uh, Cross with hair, absolutely. I think he looks great. Breakout star this year in WWE. Probably say Austin Theory. Tenta. Well, they won 99 Super Chat. The GOAT of the YWC. Much love, JD. Thank you, Tenta. Deshaun Peace with a 499 Super Chat. Happy one-year anniversary to CM Punk in AEW. Man, Rampage sucks now, though. Yes. Rampage does not resemble anything that we uh, saw last year, bro. At least they tried last year. They're not even putting any effort into it now. Just another hour of, of TV. That's all it is. Bainbridge Omega. With a $2 super chat. Nick Aldis and Mickey James for AEW Creative, please. Nick Aldis, no. Mickey James for the women's division, yes. Dennis H with a $50 super chat. Oh my goodness, Dennis H. What did I deserve to have this 50 in super chat, brother? Sam Punk should chase the Divas Championship. Dennis H with the 50 in super chat. Basically, Dennis H. calling CM Punk a pussy-ass bitch is what he's calling him. And Mike NY with a four-month membership. MJF wins casino ladder match at All Out under a mask. Challenges whoever the champ is after the pay-per-view at Grand Slam. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't like it. Just put him in there. Let's put him in there. Some dude with a 499 super chat. I have a dream. What if scenario? If Punk and CM, if Punk, where Punk and CM Punk come together to lead the whole pinnacle, might be a long shot. I don't know. Love you, JD. You're the man. I'm thinking you mean MJF and CM Punk come together and lead the pinnacle. No. Now Punk goes heel. If Punk goes heel, he's heel is going by himself. He's going rogue. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you. We are about to get out of here. And I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on a Friday night, man. We had fun. I will not be available tomorrow. I'm going to a wedding. One of my very dear friends is getting married tomorrow, so the Mustang is all uh, 
cleaned inside and out and shined up real nice, man. Gotta make a wedding appearance tomorrow. And then I'll be live back on Off The Script Sunday with episode 441. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to follow me on social media as well. At JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Continue to join the channel as members, man. VIP club filling up. Half off, month of August. Hit that join button and make sure you guys check out all the other videos on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage. And Honey, thank you to Honey tonight. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I'm exhausted. I will see you guys on Sunday live with episode 441. Until then, give me those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, those Mustang emojis. And I need that music on max. I'll see you guys Sunday night live with episode 441. I'll see you guys later.